Everybody ready? Come on, let's go. Yo, what's up? This is Rick Thorne, the Biker in Black. Welcome to my show. Uh, on this episode, I got pro BMXer and good friend of mine, Mr. Coco Zarita. Uh, Coco's an X Games athlete. He's got some X Games medals. That means he knows how to go big. He's also a really cool dude. He's got an awesome story, and he races cars. Let's call this dude right now. Let's do this. What up? How you doing? Great. How are you? How's life? I'm good, man. You're like uh, you're like a busy dude all the time, running around. Like you, I, I follow you on the on the IG. You're always doing something, dude. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. I've been busy rebuilding my race car, learning new skills like how to work on carbon fiber and also fiberglass, and restoring my garage. As I was healing, I crashed at Tony's dude in December. I had a big spill. Remember, I cracked a few ribs. Yeah. And so I decided to take some time off. And throughout this time of healing, I decided to restore my car. And it's coming along really nice. Soon soon I will do the unveiling. Unveiling. Is that how you say unveiling? Wait, say that again? Uh, the un- unveiling of the car. I will do it very soon. Oh, so. oh, oh you're going to unleash it, is what you're saying. You're going to let everybody see it? Exactly, exactly. What happened so, What happened down at Tony's, man? Um, was that just so, like a fluke, fluke accident or what? Yeah, you know, I was feeling really good. I was uh, getting back on the bike, riding strong. I was starting to hit. You know when you're riding bird and you hit that like 10-foot 10, 10 mark, you feel good. But when you started to push a little harder and you start hitting the 11 Sometimes eleven and a half to twelve feet mark. That's when you you start feeling the magic, right? Well, actually, for so, me, it's like I'm at six. When I start to get to eight, I feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly. Yeah, but but I mean, obviously, I ride a lot, like almost every day. You're like you're a legend. You don't have to do eleven feet. You don't have to prove anything to the world. You already did everything you have to do in your life right you know, you know what but we, i'm like yeah well we talked about that before when we were doing those demos and you know what it is coco it's like it's just more it's about it's for you you know it's just that you want to walk away feeling like i did something today you know what i mean yeah exactly and then honestly when you're riding birds doing a five feet six foot air or even a 270 two speed grind oh yeah it's already hard it's not a mini ramp, you know. Yeah. So it's just a feel. So, it's just a feeling, you know. So so what happened? So when you when you crashed though, was it just like a fluke? Anyway, so I, I was feeling, bro. I was feeling fly. I was flying, going, dropping in, catching some airs, eleven foot tabletop, going back in the other side. I do a flare turn down over the channel, and I landed kind of low. I lost speed. That was bad. I should have acknowledged that, but I, I decided to ignore it. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to push harder now. So I put hard into another air, trying to get my speed back. I went to do a knack-knack in my head, 
I did a nine-night feeling like I was like like 12 feet tall or 10 feet tall nag-nag, but I was only like five feet. <laughs> oh, I see. So, so, so I, I took it for granted. I definitely, I mean, I, I didn't respect it. I was very disrespectful with the air that I did. And when I put my foot back on the nag-nag, I kicked the back wheel. And so long story short, I never got back on the bike and I landed on the side and I don't remember I kind of did a couple flips in the ground I hit with my head shoulder arm everything bro and and end result I cracked two ribs and I had to take one month off but thank god uh, thank god it's not uh, it's not much of a much of a crazy injury it was just like just the cracked bone yeah Not, nothing else bad so yeah I've been just well you know what you, yeah you you know what you said something that's super important uh, that I think a lot of people need to you know remember in bike riding is respect it you know what I'm saying yeah dude it's, it's important to always have respect and you know what it's a smart way of riding because when you disrespect it then you get hurt, and all of a sudden you lose time of progression. And yeah. ultimately, BMS is a fight against time. We're fighting against time to progress as soon as possible, to take advantage of the time that we have, because our time is limited. So, so the better, we got to be good stewards with our time when it comes down to BMX. That way we can become the best version of ourselves with the little time that we have, which is like 10, 15, 20 years of career, right? Or maybe more for some some people. Yeah, I you know, I did, I think it just depends on, you know, how, how I mean, I've, I personally have been riding for over 40 years, so, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you're like one of a kind. Like, there's only a few people that can say that, right, in the world, which is amazing. Yeah, but, but you got to work at it, bro. You know, things change once you get up there. Uh, you got you to gotta change and stuff. Um, yeah, you got to. You got a pretty strict diet. You train. You pedal all the time, right? You stay on top of the game. You have to, right? Yeah, you know what I did recently, bro? I found myself being overweight, and it's not because I'm depressed about COVID and quarantine and stuff. I think it's just about once you get over 50, your body really changes. Um, and uh, anyhow, uh, I bought a sauna. I've been sitting on that thing sweating it out, dude. You know what I mean? Oh, you bought a sauna? No way. Yeah, I mean, you sit in that thing for, I sit in at 30, 40 minutes a night. I'm already losing weight just based off of, like, sweating it out. And so it, it's wow. it's good for your skin. It's good for your, I mean, it's just it's just good for you. You know what I mean? And so, anyhow, you know, because, you know, when you find yourself riding, wait, is your window down? Can you roll up your window? Repeat uh, that one more time? No, that's better. There's just a lot of noise in the background. Listen, man, I don't know if it's you or not. But when I ride, I don't sweat that much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. So, so sometimes, sometimes it depends on the, where you are, right? No, if you're out, like if you're in Vegas and you're on a metal ramp and it's 100 freaking plus degrees, yeah. But you know, normally a session, I'm not drenched in sweat. And so, what I'm getting at is, you're still young and stuff. But when you get over 50, bro, you'll see you got to find something to sweat. You got to sweat it out. You know what I'm saying? And like. 
It's just, I don't know. I don't like jogging and shit, so I just sit in that sauna. It works for me. But anyways. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. Yeah. So listen, man, let's talk about you. Enough about these love handles I'm trying to shake. <laughs> um, okay, so you're from Chile. Anyone out there listening, uh, Coco's from Chile, Santiago, or Santiago, Chile, however you want to say it. And, you know, I remember we went there for a demo back in the day. Did you go to that show that me and Tony Hawk did? We did a show in Santiago. We, we remember yeah. when you came down to Chile, I was like 13 years old. I was with my cousin watching you guys' show. It was you, Tony Hawk. Well, I went there. I went there twice. The first year it was just me and Tony. The second year it was me, Tony, Matt, Kevin Robinson, Dave Smith. It was a whole like Sprocka Jockey show with Tony. You know what I mean? That's what it was. Yeah, I went to the second one. That was the year I think it was '97 or '98, something like that. Yeah, I think it was '98, dude. I remember going there, and man, the people were so stoked, so respectful. It was crazy, dude. It was like pretty good time. So what I'm getting at is. You came to that show, were you already a bike rider at that time, or did that show help inspire you to be a bike rider? No, I I, lo I really liked BMX at that point, but I didn't have a bike yet. I actually had a bike a year after that. That's when I started riding BMX, but I loved the sport. I, what you guys did was insane, but I couldn't really understand because I didn't know who you guys were, right? But all my friends, all the homies, the older guys, they all knew exactly who you guys were. So I was just following the group. But when I saw the show and you guys doing the backflip and riding the half pipe and all that, it was like mind-blowing, bro. Because no one has ever seen something some like that in Chile before. So you guys destroyed it. and Dude, they treated us like the Beatles, bro. They were rocking our car. <laughs> Me and Tony were in the car, and they were like, I thought they were going to mob break the windows and shit. It was crazy. Um, but but I had a good yeah. time. But, dude, what I'm getting at is, how cool is it to be a kid in a crowd in Santiago, you see Tony Hawk, and then you start riding, you become one of the best pro bike riders, and now you're riding and practicing at his indoor ramp. That's pretty kind of... Dude, yeah. That's got to be it's kind of a insane. trip. It's insane. It's like, I, I always try to remember that, because that grounds me. It reminds me where God picked me up from and where he put me at right now. So I'm extremely thankful and blessed to be able to have a career like I did, uh, to have like a work ethic that allows me to have this career, and then to be able to be with you guys, all the pro athletes, and hang out, be friends, text you, have a session with you, uh, have your number even in my phone. is like something that I never, never thought about before when I was a young kid because, dude, honestly, if you will see the circumstances where I was living at when when you guys came to Chile, uh, you would never think that that kid from Chile would make it to this California dream kind of life or dream world. You know, I was living with my mom, my dad, in one room all together, inside my my grandma's house because my dad lost his job, my mom didn't have a job, and we didn't have much money. So it was, we had a rough situation. So from there, start from zero was like super 
I don't know, it's very grounding, you know, when you think about it. It's nice. It's a cool story. No, it's an amazing story. I never knew that about you. I was going to ask you about that, like growing up in Chile, yeah. you know, and like, what was it like? Like, was there, was it, I mean, I, I've been there and I know it's kind of either like you're either rich or poor. There's kind of like no in the middle, right? Yes. I mean, there is a little bit, not, not, not too much. Yeah. Not too much. So you either yeah. got money or you don't got money, right? Yeah, in a way, there's there's a there's a middle class, but I mean, I, it's hard to put it in a bracket because there's there's like 17 million people, so you got a little bit of everything. Right. But there's a lot there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of people poverty, and the middle class doesn't make that much money. That's the thing, you know. Got it. And but then at that moment, my my dad uh, went bankruptcy in his business, went to jail for six months. You know, I was living with my mom in a one-bedroom uh, in my grandma's house, and then my dad came out. He was barely making any money. We, Dude, it was so much. In the weekends, I'll have to choose between getting a Coca-Cola, like a large soda, or an ice cream, or a big ice cream. So that was the treat for the weekend. So we'll have to choose. We couldn't get both because it was too expensive. You know? Wow, wow. <laughs> so... So so when when BMX came, I was like, "There's no way I will afford a two hundred dollar bike. That's insane. That's how much my money, my mom will make a month, you know. There's, so there's no not a chance. So I was like, "But that I know there's a lot of old bike shops here in town in the area, like near the ghetto. These guys have a lot of old bikes. I'm sure for for forty dollars, thirty dollars, we can find an old rusty beat up BMX bike." And honestly, for me, as long as it has the shape of a BMX bike, I'll be happy with it. I'll be happy with it, you know? Right. So, the six months later, my dad showed up with a $120 bike, and it blew my mind, bro. It blew my mind. Wait, wait, so wait, let me, hold, hold on one second. Let me back up for a second. So, you're saying your dad filed bankruptcy. He went to jail because of that? Yes, because his partner screwed him over with a lot of money. And then he owed his money, couldn't pay, he ended up going to jail. You know? Oh, I got you. Okay, okay. All right, so let's fast forward back again. All right, so he, he got he so, got out of jail, he got you this bike. And then, bro, like, it was not even, go, even not being able to see my dad for like six months, he was super gnarly, you know? I bet, yeah. As an as a, as a 11-year-old kid, I was like, where is, where is that? Oh, he's traveling, you know? My dad was traveling. But then after six months, my mom had to tell me the truth, and I was like, "Shit, that's gnarly," <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, but anyway, so and then uh, I got the hundred and twenty dollar bike, bro, and it was insane. It was chrome, beautiful, non non brand. Like it didn't have a bike a brand. It was probably made in China. It had like the four packs. It had like mag yellow mag wheels. Uh, it was amazing, you know, and, and ever since I got on that bike, I felt so much freedom in the streets, in the neighborhood, that I never got off of it, you know, never. Wow, that's such a rad story, dude. I had no idea. I had no, I had, yeah, no, I had no idea about your past, where you're from, how you're raised, and like, you know, and th this, this is like uh, pretty wild to hear that you, what, what you've turned your uh, life into. What, do your parents? What do they think about what you've done so with your life and your career? Well, so 
Zarber, extremely, my mom is, is so thankful. She's a uh, believer, completely Christian, and because of her, I, I started going to church, believing in God, too, and that also saved my life, too, because growing up in the streets with not too much money, it, you, you will get into drugs or into problems very easy, you know? Church, I was like, okay, you don't have to steal. I'll have, I'll be stealing uh, food in the, in the grocery store, bro, so I can eat while I was riding my bike. You know, shit like that, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, so, so, I was like, when I started going to church, I stopped, like, partying, I stopped, like, doing all these bad habits, and started kind of, like, discipline myself, met a lot of positive and good people, and I, I was like, you know what? I want to be positive, I want to be happy all the time, I want to be, be like these cool people, you know? Like, so I started working hard on that. And then I started slowly becoming one of those those persons that are very thankful for everything, even the negative stuff that happens to your life. You turn it somehow into a positive thing. You always think it positive, believe in God, and all that. So it changed my life, bro, like big time. And because of that, I was able to grab the work ethic that the Bible teaches you into BMX, and that's when I started like getting good results, winning competitions becoming better and better and better and these and that, you know, slowly. So, so you're saying before that, you, you did you feel kind of like lost, like you didn't know, you know, not just financially, but just like spiritually or, or mentally, like, you know, did BMX help with that and the religion both together at the same time? Yeah, totally, because, I mean, BMX helped uh, keep me busy, super busy, you know, like, in fact, when my friends wanted to smoke weed, I will be like, guys, I thought we were going to go ride, go ride our bikes. I mean, you're smoking weed. Now you're going to be sitting down, doing, uh, being high uh, for like an hour, two hours, doing nothing, just looking at each other and laughing about stupid shit. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to ride my bike. So if I smoke weed, I'm going to end up sitting down like you guys doing nothing. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to smoke weed. I'm just going to go around my side. Lady guys. And I laugh. So I, I never smoke weed because it will pull me away from the bike. So the bike really pushed me and put me on a positive path, you know, in life in general. You know? So, but when it, I, I understand it 100%, and anyone out there listening, that this is what you know, we've been saying for a long time BMX is a positive thing. Um, when was it, though, when you, when you said to yourself, okay, I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm going to set goals. I'm going to start going to contests. I'm going to, you know, like, was that, was that like a, was BMX a way for you to kind of like not only better your life spiritually, but also make a career? Like, when, when, when did that start to happen? So, so actually that started happening because I was riding a lot and very constant, you know. I was never the crazy guy doing, like, crazy tricks. But I was, like, the guy that never stopped. I wouldn't skip one day. So I would ride every day. And slowly I started becoming, like, in 99, 2000, three years later, I started doing very good. And I got some good results on some, good comp on some like, local competitions. Uh, and then that's where you started. You started local. You started locally, is what you're saying. Yeah, locally, always in Santiago and Chile. And when I started getting the good results in competitions, 
that's when I was like, hey, actually, there's there's something going on here. There's something, you know. So, so I did one, two, three contests. I won the competitions, and then after that, I I I was like, you know what? We I should we need to go to Woodward, boys. So I started telling my friends. We were like, yeah, we need to go to Woodward camp. Woodward camp was, is the best place to go. That's where. Where terrible one is Joe Reach, Patrick Hellich, you know, and we really looked up to those uh, the two thousand uh, BMX rock stars, you know, like Ruben Alcantara, Nate Wessel. I guess that's a gener- that's a younger generation for you guys, right? So yeah, but so we, we, we but we still we still were all in it together. You know what I mean? We still all were stoked on each other yeah, riding. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they kind of brought the Fox team at the moment, you know. It was Nate Weston, Robin Morales, Tashi Helich, uh, Joe Rich with their new tricks, their new style, you know, third jumping and all this stuff. So we were like, wow. And then the terrible one brand got created, so invented. So we were like, dude, terrible one, Texas, Austin, we have to go to Woodward Camp. So I started, like, picking my friend's brain to go to Woodward, and then three years later, in 2003, when I was 18 years old, I was actually able to to connect with someone in Texas, get a job in Texas, selling water filters. In Texas? So, in, Te- in Dallas, Texas, yes. Um... I was able to get a job selling water filters door to door and with a suitcase. And then wow. I was like, you know what? I wish you would have I, I wish you would have came to my door. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I didn't live <laughs> in Texas <laughs> though, but that would have been awesome. Anyway, so keep going. And then next thing you know, I was like, Mom, I, I'm not gonna go to college. She was like, What? No, I'm not. You're going to college tomorrow. So I signed up for college to do car mechanics, to be a mechanic. And then five months later, I was like, Mom, I'm sorry. I failed everything. <laughs> I, I, I literally killed it. I destroyed college. The teachers don't want to see me no more. I definitely learned how to do the oil chain in my car and change the brakes. But that's about it. And, and actually, I'm... You know what? I need to follow my heart, Mom. If I fail, I'll come back and do college things. But honestly, I want to follow my heart, ride my bike. And she was like, okay, do it. Done deal. I'll buy you the ticket. You send your money, and you're, you're, and you're here you go. Take off. Go. Leave. You know? And then when I left and I went to Texas, I was like, there is no way I will come back. You know, in, 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 Chile we, in Chile we have a term that is called coming back with your tail between your legs, like a dog, right? Right. So that's like a coming back like a, with a failure attitude, with a mistake attitude, like you did something wrong. So I told myself there's no way I'll come back to Chile as a failure. I came to America, and I'll make it happen no matter what it takes. I'm going to be independent, make money, and pursue my dream, 
and let's see what happens. And I did it, dude, and here we are. 16 years later, 16 years later, living in California, up in the mountains, uh, playing with cars on the weekends, riding birds, hanging out with cool dudes like you, and life is a blessing, you know? You know what, dude? That's a rad story because guess what? You saw <laughs> Tony. You. you saw Tony. Saw me and Tony do a demo. Matt Hoffman, everybody. You started riding. Then you went to Woodward, and you work at Woodward. You live up by Woodward. You you made good relation. Uh-huh. You made good relationships with Woodward, Woodward West. That is probably yes. all, all Woodwards. And and then you you but the, when what you went to college for, you're still doing, which is you love cars. And you're building your own cars, so you're like applying all of it. So it's like it's uh-huh. it's like everything. It sounds like everything that you went after, you're you're getting. Yeah, so it's been a lot, a lot of work, and then honestly, and as as you grow older, you also realize that these sports they don't pay well. You know, like in order for you to make good money riding bikes, you have to work your ass off or be. An insane level, like Dennis Anderson, freaking like extremely talented people at that level, right? Like, like Kyle Baldock uh, or Logan Martin, all these new school guys, right? Maybe with Olympics that helps a lot, but we don't make ba- we don't make basketball money or baseball money, mainstream sports, right? Uh, so, so I was like, you know, screw this. I'm really good at photography and video. I'm gonna start producing my own content for my brand so whenever a brand like Red Bull Monster Energy Drinks whatever you name it something up there uh, tells me like oh, well, we got this project for you we want you to do a video here uh, in the beach and then in the mountains with your car or the bike whatever I'll be like oh, yeah let's do it I got my filmer I'll produce it I'll direct it and then we'll make sure with my, my agency that we deliver the content content package that you want. So, so I two three years ago I started my own media agency. You know, wait, you started wait, you started your own what? A media agency. And what's it called? It's called Off Media. Awesome, dude. Off Off Media, and then yeah, dude. Last year we did a campaign for Jay Leno. So sick. We were in charge of doing a campaign for Jay Leno's photo and video. And last year, too, we did, uh, the year before, we did a campaign for uh, Gumball 3000. You know the guys from Gumball 3000, Maximilian and them, right? Yeah, Maximilian Maximilian needs to be a, well, you're once a BMXer, you always are, but he's a BMXer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we did a campaign for them. This year, we did a campaign, oh, last year, I'm sorry, we did a campaign for Mercedes-Benz USA. So we also did two years ago a campaign for McLaren Automotive. So we've been doing some crazy shit. I don't even know how, bro. <laughs> well, well, it's, it's your energy, bro. You got good energy and, and, you know, you're positive. People like to work with that positive energy, you know. I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not surprised, you know. You, you, yeah. It's true, but it, it also, it, it is, like I said, I'm not going to lie, it's a, a lot of work. I used to be like, oh, you know what, I'm going to dedicate myself to ride my bike, and then I'm going to take five-hour naps and make sure I'm rested. Now I'm like, fuck the nap. I got to make shit happen, you know? Exactly. So, so, 
So, dude, sometimes I stay up until 6, 7 a.m. in the morning, 9 a.m. in the morning, just working on projects, you know? I get just it. Just to make them happen, or sometimes getting up getting up at 4 a.m. just to be in on time and stuff like that. So it's a lot of effort. And then the other cool thing that I have going on uh, is uh, in Chile, my dad started a little skate park. Yep. Uh, he was like, oh, my my." My kid Coco and Juani, my, my brother, so my two kids, uh, they ride the MX, so I have to help. So my dad went to the city of Santiago, told them, like, guys, you have this skate park. No one takes care of it. It looks like shit. Let me take care of this, and I'll make sure it looks cool and it's maintained and everything. So the city of Santiago gives the keys to the skate park to my dad, and... And then that was wild. And I was like, Dad, what are you doing? You're supposed to be making money. He was like, ah, don't worry. We'll make some money. And then and then he, he started rebuilding the skate park, competitions, events, got sponsors. He was doing okay. It's still not a good income. Again, it's like BMX at the end of the world in Chile. It's not as powerful as we wish, right? Like, uh, So long story short, when my dad passed away, I had to choose between let the skate park go or take care of, take over the skate park. And then, and then I was like, dude, this is, I, I'm so blessed with DMX, get to know you guys, be in the same competition, X Games and all this. The least I can do is, is help the kids back. So we rebuilt the skate park. I bought. I, I ended up buying the X Games ramp we used on 2009 in Brazil. And it was all Sandro Diaz ramp. So I bought it. I put it in the skate park. And now we have a full bike park with a vert ramp, dude. So, so it's actually doing good. And then the kids are learning. We have a, a couple of BMX bird guys. And it's like, it's, it makes me happy to see the kids being able to give back. There's nothing better than help and giving back. So, bro, it's like you, like even you, giving, doing this podcast, showing BMX to the world, doing everything that you do, yeah, like this cooking show and all that. It's like, it, that's a lot of giving back, you know? So, and, and there's nothing that feels better in the world than giving back. Exactly, bro. I, I I agree with you. What's what's the name of the skate park? It's Signal Park with with the V as a zebra, like Signal. Signal, got it. And, hey, yeah, I want I want I wanted to comment on and, not, and I want to comment on this real quick. Anyone listening, if you're if you're ever going to Chile, Santiago, you got to check out the skate park. Um, and I I want to comment on something you mentioned earlier, bro. Um, and then we'll get back to this. Is you said yep. you said that you know BMX doesn't pay a lot of money. And I've been saying that for a long time. And you got to be diversified. And you got to keep going. You got to keep building. You got to keep layering and, and, in order to make things happen. But that's also exciting to do. Um, but, yeah. you know, you mentioned, uh -huh. so, you mentioned something earlier. They got to be on the level of all these other top riders. Well, all those top riders will be facing the same thing you're talking about right now. You always got to look what's next. Like, like. You you you, you got to you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's gonna run yeah. the course. What's the afterlife of what you're living right now? I know that sounds weird, but in order to keep doing what you're doing, like you know, it sounds to me like you're able to still ride your bike 
because you do a lot of different things. That's like me. I'm able to ride my bike because I do a lot of different, and I, I've been doing a lot of different things for years. And I, I've, yeah, been, I've realized this. Yeah. You're one of the few guys that actually understand that, that like this will run its course, not in a bad way, but what can you do now to help you get to the next level to be able to keep doing what you love? You know what I'm saying? And I know that a lot of people are going to have that. I think it's just amazing that you found other things and that still are involved in the sport or creatively, you know, like photography, video, uh, and your cars, dude. Talk, let's talk about your cars, bro. You're bad. Every time I go on Instagram, we got a new damn car. It's crazy. <laughs> dude, yeah, cars are like, are like, my dad used to race when he was young. He was a mechanic and he would race cars. He was never a professional, but he loved it. And then when I grew up, all I hear was all these same cars, bro, the cars, the engine, the power, and all this. So when I started growing up, I started understanding, falling in love with the cars, and dreaming about them, you know? But when I when I moved to Texas, my first car was a Ford Ranchero from 1968. Uh, I paid $1,500. <laughs> That's all the money I had. <laughs> You know, so I grabbed my my second paycheck and I bought that car, and it was beautiful. What a piece and of shit! Sounds like a piece of shit. You know, exactly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. <laughs> I no no, dude. Hey, my first car. Like, hey, my first car. I paid a hundred dollars for. So I, it was a piece of shit. Everybody's just be shit. Not for money. Your first car is a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> dude, hey, how insane is that? And then I was like, I thought I was like a freaking. The, the Chilean redneck and I thought being a redneck was like a was a, an awesome thing to be and I was like yes I'm the Chilean redneck on my fucking ranchero <laughs> and then <laughs> people at the tip I would be like yeah the Chilean redneck ah! but then after like five six years I understand that being a redneck not necessarily was what I wanted to be you know so <laughs> yeah exactly so, I hear you uh, nothing against them I just don't I choose not to be that and then, and then it was kind of funny though. But we loved that that kind of redneck style and life back then. We had so much fun. We had a lot of like friends in Texas. Anyway, dude, I love cars. It's my passion, and also happens to be a great marketing tool. A lot of people feel related to the cars and to the action. You keep them entertained. Brands love them. It's a great billboard. And I love doing, I mean, dude, if you can build a race car and have people pay for it or have companies pay for it, why would you say no, right? Exactly. So it's like, perfect, let's do a plan so I don't have to pay for my pocket the race car or or at least the modifications and then, and then we'll make it happen either way, you know, and... So I work with sponsors, companies behind every car that I have. Like right now, I have uh, three of my cars. They, they all three of them, I have marketing campaigns that involve money. So I try to have vehicles that I can use to make money with them. You know. Yep. So, so in a way, instead of them becoming a liability, they become an asset. You know. So. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do in the past four or five years, you know? Awesome, dude. And you're doing it. You know, I think I think what, what I hear and what I relate to a lot with you is 
you know, you, you grew up in a way that you didn't have much, it sounds like. I mean, you had your family and you had love and you had those things, but like you didn't have the, the finances. And it teaches you either to sink or swim. You know what I mean? It teaches yeah. you it teaches mm-hmm. you either to hustle and stop making excuses and make it happen or the other. You know, and it seems to me that like you get it, bro. You like you keep layering your 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 work and you're you're expanding into other things that are creative. Uh that's amazing. Um and I do want to mention something else is that you're pulling triple toe whips, bro. Okay? Oh, yeah. First on a triple toe whip on a, on a on a vert ramp. Joe Johnson tried it back at Woodward in 19 whatever and didn't come close. Well, he came kind of close, but not as close. He didn't pull it. But you're the uh-huh. you're, yeah, you you are awesome and you did all of that from where you're from and you got some X Games medals. That's pretty sick. Thanks. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it's, this is like this is like a Cinderella story. This is like something you need to make a movie about this shit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you need to inspire some people out there, Coco. Come on, with your with your yeah. your radiant energy, your positivity. You know what I'm saying? Come on, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. No, that uh, thanks for your kind words, man. It means a lot, and it's fun. You know, when you told me about to do the podcast, I was like, that's cool because even when we talked about this, we have to dig back in our backpack and bring all these old memories and then and dig deep we just start digging deep digging deep and the more you dig deep the more the more it humbles you and more you realize how far you made it and, and what are you actually achieving because in the daily day in the everyday life you don't think about stuff like that you know so I appreciate your time and the invitation where we can touch this point and kind of look back a little bit of a story, show a little bit of a story of what what Chile went through with the skate park and all that, and then um, and then share share the, the yeah, cause share the testimony because a lot of people they're, they're like, bro, how do you pay for your car? How do you pay for your 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 van or the travel or whatever? And I'm like, I always tell the kids, I was like, bro, I just work hard. You just have to build campaigns learn your tree, build your reputation as a writer, be cool to everybody, and then work really hard. That's kind of like the, the key point, you know? Yeah. It's more than the trick, dude. You know? It, it, yeah, it's a lot more than the trick. It's yeah. A lot more. It is. It is. It's a lot more than, you know, it's a lot more than just like, what trick can you do to assess the value? There's a lot of elements that go into a value of a writer that's going to last and have a longevity. Um and you're one of them, dude. And I'm proud of you. And I'm stoked to say that I know you. And I love the fact that you came on the show to spread some positivity and tell your story. And I'm stoked. What's your Instagram so whoever's listening can follow you and what you got going on? Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your kind words and invitation. It means a lot because you're a legend, dude. And I always look up to you and and your crew. Uh, my Thanks, Instagram brother. is uh, at Coco Zuriga. C-O-C-O. Z-U-R-I-T-A. There it is, Coco Zarita. Everybody follow him and what he's doing with his cars, with his riding, with his uh, video, photo. And you're just, you know, listen, man, you're the only dude I know that can take like a, a something uh, or one of the few people I know that could take something and shoot a photo of it. And it's like makes you like want to look at the photo. Do you know what I mean? Oh, thanks. You, you shoot some, <laughs> thank you, you. You, got, you, you, you got it going on, dude. I'm, I'm really proud of you. And I didn't know any of that about you I, to this day. To, I mean, till right now, I didn't know any of that story about you, man. Well, not, yo, not to hey, say I didn't respect you already, 
I, I respect you even more, but I respected you already. Thank you so know? much. Hey, and next time we ride, I'm actually going to try to come to San Diego next week. Maybe you and I can ride. Or, dude, if you come to Woodward, we can ride and we can shoot some photos and video too. Sounds good, dude. I'll hit you up. Much love. And, and listen, man, have a rad day. Everybody follow Coco. Thanks again, brother. I love you so much. The shred soon. Thank you, my bro. Much, much love. Be safe. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank All you right. again. All right, brother. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.